Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of Who Told You That? How are you doing, Mum? I'm doing great, thank you. A little bit cooler than you in Texas, I think. Yes, it it has been over 100 degrees, I think, every day this week and last week. Oh, my goodness. How are you coping? I'm doing fine, actually, because I'm pretty used to it from previous summers here, and there are a lot of pools and open bodies of water to jump into, which makes a big difference. I think if I didn't have those, I would be singing a different tune right now. So I've sent you a lot of TikToks this week, as per usual. What would you like to talk about today? There are two I'd like to take a look at because at first glance they appear quite different. But I think the conclusion that I draw from both of them is rather similar. So without further ado, I would like to remind you about Canadian Shelby and Justin Nolt. Canadian Shelby is talking about nature's ozempic berberine. She was the one that was saying... Oh, you know, this product is supplement, I think, or something that you take, yeah, to lose weight. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, She's not trying to sell berberine. She's not saying even do this. So at first glance, it's quite different, for instance, to the Eric Berg monstrosity that we looked at a couple of weeks ago. In this one, she's not doesn't appear to be gaining anything or trying to gain anything from her usage of this, other than perhaps more viewers and Obviously, she wants to have what she perceives to be the benefits of berberine, nature's azempic, i.e. I'm guessing that she's aiming for some weight loss because it's been suggested that berberine might help with weight loss. Got it. She's not saying do this. She's not saying buy this. As far as I can see, she doesn't have a supplement shop selling this. Why I have a concern or my first concern about this video is she's also not saying, hey, berberine interacts with your liver. So if you are using antibiotics, blood pressure medications, antidepressants, anticoagulants, any of these might have their actions affected if you use this over-the-counter supplement berberine. They might be more concentrated, they might be more effective, they might have larger effects. So if we're talking about taking an anticoagulant drug, perhaps we should just say what that is. Do you know what an anticoagulant drug does? Um, I'm guessing it's something to do with your blood only because in high school I remember we had like little blood things and and we had to see how the blood coagulated. I love it. Coagulating, that's just a, a posh fancy scientific name for clotting. So what do you suppose a drug that's an anticoagulant does? If you are like susceptible to blood clots, it's probably going to thin out your blood or like stop it from clotting. Marvellous. So that's just a great example, by the way, of when you look at a word that you think, I've no idea what that is. Oftentimes, if you know one part, you can probably work your way through it. So there you absolutely got to the end point that an anticoagulant drug is a drug which reduces the blood clotting. So they're given to people whose blood is clotting too much, possibly for someone who's had something like a deep vein thrombosis, DVT, if you've heard of that, or even a stroke. So... Somebody who's taking an anticoagulant wants to have less blood clotting so they don't make clots that they don't want. But if you have no ability to clot your blood, what do you think would happen to you? You'd be like a faucet when someone hasn't, has turned it and hasn't turned it off and you just keep pouring blood out. Brilliant, except I don't know what a faucet is. Sorry, tap. Faucet is the American term, sorry. This is this is your fault for moving me to America when I was 12, is it? I can't remember which words are British and which are American. Oh, that's fabulous. Okay, I shouldn't have um, been cheeky to you there because that's just a great description. Yeah, we need to have just the right amount of blood clotting. So 
lo and behold, somebody who's taking berberine, if they're taking a drug to reduce their blood clotting and now that drug gets more effective, oh my gosh, they could end up bleeding too much and that could be a disastrous situation. So not good at all? No, definitely not. So, you know, I give you a list there, antibiotics, antidepressants, anticoagulants. These are all drugs whose behaviour in the body could be affected by taking this berberine. We also know, and Canadian Shelby also didn't say, berberine crosses the placenta. Have you heard of the placenta? Yes, it's that thing that comes out kind of a little handbag with the baby when the baby's born. It brings it out with it and then people can eat it. Was it Kim Kardashian was talking about eating hers? One of them was talking about getting it like chopped up in little bits and eating it, I think. That makes me feel quite nauseous. Mm. Um, you are right. So the placenta gets delivered when you deliver a baby. Is it there to act as the potential ingredients for mother's dinner after giving birth? Or, or does it do something useful during pregnancy? I can't believe you'd imply that that's not useful, ma'am. <laughs> um, well, but based on the way you asked that, I would assume it, it has an important use during pregnancy. Yeah. OK, so the placenta's this really useful conduit between mum mom and baby that placenta allows useful things to pass from the mother to the baby like oxygen for instance like nutrients like glucose and amino acids to make proteins the fetus needs those to make a growing body also allows the developing fetus to hand off waste products that it's producing so that mom can very conveniently get rid of them for it so it's a nice two-way relationship the mum gives the baby nutrients via the placenta and the baby gives the mom rubbish via the placenta so what you're telling me is if berberine crosses the placenta then this means that your baby will also be on a zempic or berberine i guess yeah and i'm thinking that most people when they get pregnant are pretty careful about what prescribed medications they take but this takes me back to this tale that we had when we talked about Eric and we talked about the fact that things that are sold over the counter, supplements for example, do not have to have any testing at all. So I'm going to guess that people might feel a bit more comfortable taking something like berberine because they think, hey, it's an over-the-counter medication, I can buy it at the supermarket. It couldn't possibly be doing any harm to my baby. And we know it crosses the placenta, and there is some evidence to suggest that it does, in fact, cause the fetus harm. Ooh, okay. So, so far, quite a few not great points for berberine. Or just if you have any of these factors, you shouldn't take it and... A lot of people have any combo of these factors. Yeah, so I think that's right. And, and what I perhaps would say is not everybody is going to have these side effects. Many people won't have any of these side effects. <laughs> but many people taking berberine won't be taking these medications and they won't be pregnant. But we don't know that. And certainly Shelby is not presenting any information about that. She's not pushing this. She's not saying do this. She's just saying, hey, watch me on my journey. But my concern is that without even realising it, she's kind of normalising the use of berberine. She's normalising the use of making ourselves a guinea pig because she's only giving one side of the story and she's not alerting her audience to any of the negative or the potential negative aspects. Yeah, I can I see what you're saying here. It's especially when you look at the comments on that video, which are all people saying, where can I order from? Just added to cart. Can't wait for mine to get in. And so we know that she might not necessarily be making people aware of side effects. And it sounds like they're jumping right to ordering it themselves as well. Exactly. And absolutely, she's going to say, I'm not pushing people to do this. I just want people to share in my story. But we just know that people watch these stories and 
what they take from them is, oh, I should try this. Yeah, absolutely. So Tess, if you were really interested in taking berberine, let's say you had done a little bit of searching, you've watched a TikTok video and you haven't responded and said, where can I get this? But you thought, oh, there's enough in there to be interesting. What do you think should be your next port of call? Google. Okay, so we can Google some information. And certainly we're going to check the credibility of the sites giving us that information. Is it a medical site? Is it just somebody's blog? What do you think might be even better than that? Oh, 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 I know. Um, check the doctor? Yeah. We just have to get our mind away from thinking it's a supplement. Therefore, I can take it without any consideration of other aspects of my health. We have to get into the mindset of this looks interesting. I need to talk to my healthcare professional about this. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so at the beginning of this episode, you also mentioned another, I think this was time it was a male video maker. Let's talk about that. Who? What was his name? Is it Justin? Justin Nolt. I think that's how we'd say his last name, N-A-U-L-T. At first glance, Justin's quite different. He is qualified in my little recording closet doing air quotes, because we'll talk about that in a minute. So he's qualified... And he's also very open about what he's trying to do. Whereas Shelby is just reporting on her story. Justin starts off by saying he's a certified nutritional therapist and he heals slow metabolism for a living. So he's really very quickly telling us, hey, I'm going to give you advice. And actually, I'd almost say it's a bit stronger than advice. I'd say it's instruction. Hey, I'm going to give you three things that you ought to do to live your life more healthily. So he's definitely out there saying this. And whilst I don't believe he's selling a particular product, he has a lifestyle company, which may well sell supplements, but he's certainly selling himself. He has a business based around him helping you to live more healthily. Okay, interesting. So different at first glance. So let's mention the qualification thing. I'm going to be totally honest here. It's difficult to know whether he's super qualified. He describes himself as a certified nutritional therapist. Certified nutritional therapist. I mean, so not a dietitian, not a dietitian and not a nutritionist. We could have gleaned from that. Is that right? I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Number one is not a dietitian. So the dietitians are the ones who go to college, get a bachelor's, get a master's, get a clinical certification to go with that. In 23, I think it is, of the 50 states, anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. You don't actually have to be licensed. Now, he calls himself a certified nutritional therapist. When I looked on his site, it doesn't say where he got that certification from. I can call myself a certified Welsh teacher. I teach Welsh and I've certified myself. The certification of Kate Phillips. It's very unclear to me where his certification has come from. And at best case scenario, you're talking about something which will have taken up to a year to get, not the dietitian qualification, which takes six years. Mm, that's interesting. So we're going to have to give him a sort of a meh on that one because we can't really tell. The cynical part of me, Tessa, has to say, if that certification came from a really bona fide place, that would be in great big letters all over his website. So the fact that that's not readily available information implies that it's probably not one of the more legit ways to get certified. Am I being cruel if I think that? Um, No, no, that's fair. I think based on what we've learned so far, and I'm assuming you think that because there's also some other not great stuff in this video. Well, well, we'll we'll carry on with that. But yeah, so I absolutely, his qualification may, may be brilliant. But as he hasn't provided us any information, we can't give an answer on that. 
Next thing, he starts off with this pretty bold statement. I'm just going to read this. 88% of Americans have some degree of clinical metabolic dysfunction. Yikes, that's a pretty scary statistic, isn't it? Yeah, that seems like insane. So the first thing that I thought I would do, and we're trying to help our listeners develop their skills, is I want to find out about that 88%. So I need to find out about the term, first of all. It's a bit of a general term means basically that there's something not quite right with your body's chemistry but it doesn't tell us what's not quite right or which part of the chemistry is affected okay so if you google search put metabolic dysfunction inside quote marks i'm sure you all know how to do this but you know just in case you don't it's going to put those two terms together and you won't get hits for metabolic dysfunction as being a particular type of disorder what you will get ultimately is something called metabolic syndrome which covers heart disease diabetes and stroke so if you have one of those three things people consider you to have metabolic syndrome and the statistics for those say it's about one third of americans but one third is not 88%. So as the kids say, ma'am, the math ain't mathin'. Well, it's a very long time since I've been a kid and I definitely have never heard that. But if that's what the kids say, they are quite right. One third, 33%, is not the same in anybody's book as 88%. The math ain't mathin'. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did I have any credibility there? No, that wasn't bad. That, I, I enjoyed that at least. And of course he started with this 88%. Of course he has, because he wants to grab everybody in the video so that everybody's thinking, well, that's nearly 100%. Crikey, I must have some degree of clinical metabolic dysfunction. Oh my God, I'm going to die tomorrow. He's doing this on purpose with this outrageous statistic that I can't find any evidence to support. Yeah, and on TikTok, where the whole point is to try and go viral and to be trendy and to get people hooked on your video in the first few seconds, I can see why he's trying to use something like that. Exactly. He's definitely read the book on how to make that catchy go viral TikTok video. Absolutely. So he presents three little pieces of advice. One is pretty non-controversial. Throw out your processed foods, eat whole foods instead. I mean, I think we've heard that one to death, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. He, he also talks about not eating seed oils like canola oils, other types of seed oils. And that's one that people have said, yeah, it's much better to eat olive oil, avocado oil. So that's probably not particularly controversial either. Embedded in that, and we've seen this before, Tess, we've seen TikTok videos where there's good stuff in there and that can maybe obscure something that's not good and, in fact, something that might be quite outrageous. So it's here. Any idea what it is? Um, didn't he say something about protein requirements? He did. He suggested, no, he didn't suggest, he instructed that we need to be eating one gram of protein for every one pound of our desirable body weight. So I presume what he meant was, if you weigh 200 pounds, but you want to be 150 pounds, then you should be eating one gram of protein for every one of those desired 150 pounds of weight. Because he was talking about eating all this protein as a useful tool in weight loss. Okay, that's a lot of protein. Let's ask Mrs. Google what she thinks, because obviously we're trying to encourage people to do the research themselves. You want to go to a reputable website, something like NIH, 
National Institute of Health is a great one. You don't have to go to NIH in your search. Just when you get your various search items up, look at where the answers are coming from. Ignore anything that says podcast. Ignore anything that says blog. Look for something like National Institute of Health. And if you look in there, you will see that it suggests that the typical person needs about 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram. If we do the math and convert that, that comes out at 0.35 grams per pound. Oh, okay, because he he said one, I think. He did. So we've got NIH saying 0.35. We've got Justin Nolt saying one. That's a massive difference, isn't it? Yeah, that's very interesting that that's quite, quite off. Quite off. That's a good way of putting it. And absolutely, as scientists, and we're all scientists, we should always keep an open mind. And maybe in years to come, we'll discover that the figure is a little bit more than 0.35 grams maybe we'll keep an open mind on that but he's giving us a number which is almost three times what the national institute of health recommends it's unlikely that we are that wrong so what you're saying is there's room for a little bit of fluctuation but not like two or three whole points that would be pretty surprising wouldn't it okay so tess at first glance these two people they're quite different we've got the just interested amateur if you want to call Shelby that who's just telling us about her story and then we've got Justin who whilst he might not actually be pushing a product is definitely pushing ultimately his business what what's the connection between them well I think even though you could argue that maybe their intentions are different or the reason they're promoting it is different I think the common thing is that probably neither of them should be giving this advice or at least you should be going to your doctor before you take either of their advice Nailed it! Oh, it makes me feel very happy when you say I nailed it. It feels like when I did well on my um, math homework in high school. Which was frequently, dear. <laughs> it's nice of you to remember it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So if this is your way of relaxing, of just decompressing after a long, hard day to watch TikTok videos, who are we to suggest that you shouldn't do that? But we really need to get into the frame of thinking, into the way of thinking of these as entertainment. Now, if you get some information from them, like, hey, this berberine sounds interesting, that can be a jumping off point to doing more research and involving your healthcare provider in your decision to take it. But these shouldn't be the, I've watched an interesting video presented by somebody who has no qualifications or vague qualifications, stuff sounds good, now I'm going to take it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. There needs to be a level of a pause in between watching the TikTok video and placing an order for something. Absolutely. It's a bit like we don't take any marriage advice from, what's that program? Love is Blind? Yeah. You know, we, we know that when we're watching that, that we're watching it for fun. It's a bit car crashy, voyeuristic, but we're not going to take any relationship advice from watching that program. Let's adopt the same strategy when we're watching these TikTok videos. Okay, I like that. That's easy to remember. It's kind of like The Bachelor. What about The Bachelor? Same thing. If you wouldn't take the advice from The Bachelor, you shouldn't take the advice from a TikTok influencer. Okay, that's just... I had to ask because that's just a huge relief to have that confirmed, that you're not watching The Bachelor for life advice. No. (laughs) Not anymore. I've I've probably just lost all my younger listeners now, haven't I, Tess? Because everybody now thinks I'm a horror. I know. Well, we'll just clarify that my mum's very lovely but she does not like The Bachelor. And that's okay, nobody's perfect. 
Okay, I won't say anything. As always, it's so lovely to have a natter with you and we'll get to throw in a little bit of science as well. Yes, I will say, selfishly, these are quite good for my confidence because uh, whenever I make a comparison scientifically, like the blood coagulating or something, and you confirm that it's correct, it's quite a good feeling. I love that and I'm hoping that our listeners are having some of those positive responses as well when they're starting to be able to understand things that we're talking about, break down terminology and so great we love it one of the things that i'm learning so far that actually i've applied to other areas is just putting in that pause because we put that pause in hang on let me pause let me think about this now let me go look it up versus let me just jump right to ordering this and i've started doing that in other areas too so if someone says something i can't verify or ask me an opinion on something i don't feel the need to answer immediately i can put that pause in and say i'm not sure let me look or i'm gonna let me get back to you on that or something like that That's amazing, Tess, and it's great life advice. We don't want to go too far off on a tangent, but at every age, not just your age, we all need to practice putting in a pause before we jump to criticise someone or something because we may not have and we probably don't have the full facts. So that is a perfect note to end. Oh, thanks, Mum. I'm sorry, Dr P. Mum is just fine. All right, lovely. (laughs) I'm going to... You know where I'm going now. Where do I always go after these? To the bathroom? (laughs) You can't say that. <laughs> Nowhere. Dear, oh dear, I'm heading off for my cup of tea. I hear your cup of tea. So that's me sorted, Tess. What about you? What's the rest of your day got for you? Just more work for my many other jobs. And then I'm going to play netball tonight. So a little plug for Austin Retro's netball, Austin's premier netball team. Excellent. Well, perhaps we'll have to get them sponsoring us one of these days. Oh, see, that's funny. I was going to ask you to sponsor Austin Retro's netball. <laughs> Right, just kidding. We're definitely waffling now. See you all soon. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. And as a reminder, our conversation here aims to pass along some interesting science and help you develop your sciencey thinking muscles. Neither of us are medical doctors or any type of healthcare professional. So we're absolutely not providing medical advice. You should see your medically qualified professional for that. And whilst all content provided is given in good faith, based on the scientific knowledge base available at the time of recording, if we misspeak or further research changes our understanding or that of the scientific community, we'll try our best to make any necessary corrections, either in a future episode or in our show notes. See See you next time. time!